shit and paper on this player haters old news money on the other line so i'm not gonna ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another edition of i'm not gonna hold you we are back here in the studio man it's been i feel like almost a month since we've been back here in the studio doing the show man we've been doing a lot of traveling you know covering these bears games man so uh you know you know i'm glad to be back here to do this for y'all man uh next week it's thanksgiving <laughs> so there will not be any episode next week we'll be back the week after next in the studio um for that man but before we get everything started I just want to say rest in peace to Young Dolph. Uh, I just want to send all my prayers to his family and his friends, all his close people, man. And it's just uh, I'm really kind of getting sick of all of this murder within our community. And, you know, especially, you know, it's just it will never be not weird to see rappers go. Like, you're entertainers. You make music. You know what I'm saying? And, and that type of stuff is really, really getting sick to my stomach, man. It never really gets like, I mean, like, sometimes you get numb to the violence, you know, growing up in that type of shit, but this type of shit should not be happening. He was out there enjoying his day, you know, trying to help the community, and people just ran up on him, man. So I just want to give my prayers, my love, and all my condolences to his family and friends, man. R.I.P. Young Dolph. Uh, but, yeah, man, let's let's get into it, man. You know where to follow me. Uh, at Barb Chair Scott on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow HMB Media at HMB Media TV on Twitter and at HMB Media on Instagram. You can follow the network, Barber's Chair Network on Twitter and Instagram at Barber's Chair Net. And of course, you can subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash Barber's Chair Network. It's $5 packages, $10 packages, man. You get all your exclusive content there, all our on field videos at Bears Games. Summer Sessions was an exclusive Patreon pod. Check it out. We got a new episode up. New one coming this week before Thanksgiving, man. So uh, stay in tune, man. We appreciate everybody who's been supporting us, man. So going to get my sound off, man. I got a double sound off today. And the double sound off is, one, the Golden State Warriors' demise was greatly exaggerated, man. The last two years has been a real turbulent two years for the Warriors. Now, of course, they made the 2019 finals, lost in six games to the eventual champion Toronto Raptors. KD towards Achilles, uh, you know, in, you know, earlier in the playoffs, uh, Clay tore his ACL in that NBA finals. And, you know, no disrespect to Toronto, no disrespect to what they accomplished because you still got to go out there and you got to play the games. And, you know what I'm saying, it really doesn't matter. You, whoever on the court is on the court. You, you're not trying to take nothing away from their championship. But that wasn't the Warriors that we were accustomed to seeing. They weren't full strength. You know, I do fully believe they were full strength. It would have been a three-peat. And that would have been the first three-peat we've seen in a extremely long time. Like, we're, we're approaching 20 years since the last three-peat we've seen in basketball. So, it's been a long time. You know, Steph messed up his hand two seasons ago. He missed a lot of time. Then last year, Clay got another injury. And really, Steph was out there literally by himself, playing with a lot of scrubs last year. And they were able to, you know, they didn't make the playoffs, but even getting to that play-in game against the Lakers, which was a very entertaining game, Steph put up, you know, some great numbers. But this year, man, I, what I love to see about the Warriors is that really the bad times they went through gave these younger players opportunities to go out there and get meaningful minutes, and now you're seeing it really come around right now. I mean, what you're seeing from Jordan Poole, who's going to be my sixth man of the year, uh, especially with Clay coming back, he's going to be coming off the bench. He's my sixth man of the year to see the improvement that he's been doing. I mean, Steph is playing on an MVP level once again. Draymond's back to being Draymond. And just look what you're getting from all these other guys. Gary Payton, too. You know, I like to call him Glove Jr. He's got like a highlight every fucking night. 
And I got to give it to Andrew Wiggins. Anybody who follows me, listens to my podcast, watches this show, I am not an Andrew Wiggins fan. Andrew Wiggins, like like uh, Stringer Bell said, is a 40-degree day. But Andrew Wiggins, when he's a third, and he's going to be the fourth option when Clay gets back, is great. That talent to have as a third or fourth option is great. He's been pooping, and I think that's a big, big asset to this team. And just look at the games, and just look at the impressive wins they've had. They beat the Lakers on opening night. When everybody, including me, thought they were going to get run through because nobody was really expecting stuff from this Warriors team. They go out there against my Bulls, who I'll get in a second, who are one of the best teams in the league right now, beat the brakes off us. And then what they did to Brooklyn was just like, you know, I actually kind of feel, I won't say I feel bad for KD because KD made this decision, but I do think KD is looking like I fucked up. You know, I left a situation where I won two championships, could have won three if I didn't get hurt. And was set up for multiple championships because you play in the Bay Area, you play in California. Anybody would want to join you out there. To go out there, to go to a team that really doesn't have a story history in the Brooklyn Nets. They're rebuilding things over there as far as trying to get a culture and trying to get fans. And you linked yourself with Kyrie Oven, who's the most unreliable motherfucker in sports right now. You know what I'm saying? And, and I, he just, he, I would be mad as hell that I went and left Steph Curry for Kyrie Irving. And I feel the same way about James Harden. Even though I can't give James Harden a pass. He's been playing like absolute shit since the rule changes have happened. But I believe that's a big reason why he ain't signed that extension either. But what's going on with Golden State, KD has got to be envious to it. And he went there. Steph went in his house and deboed him. He deboed him, bro. 37 points. He was shooting threes from the fucking logo. It sounded like Chase Center East up in there, bro. Like, I've never heard a crowd. That was like some Clippers shit. And honestly... As bad as it is in Clippers games, I don't think I've ever heard cheers that loud for an opposing player in any type of reason. I had to, I had to check the fucking court a couple times. Like, this is not in Oakland. It's or San Francisco. Like, what's going on? And they just went out there, and they dominated. They said, they asserted dominance. And the scary part of this, if you're a warrior hater, Klay Thompson's coming back in like a month. James Wiseman's coming back in like a month. And I understand Klay's coming off ACL tear. He's coming off... Uh, the Achilles. I, I mean, I understand all of these problems that he has, but Clay is a spot up shooter. You know, we sit up here and say Steph is the greatest shooter ever, which is true. The second greatest shooter ever is probably this motherfucker. That's how good Clay is. Now, I think the thing that's going to probably affect Clay the most is his, is his defense. That might take a little decline, but you got him coming back. Even if he's 75%, 80% healthy, and you bring in Wiseman, to me, this is the perfect situation for Wiseman now. All the pressure's off him. All the pre- all you gotta all you gotta do is go out there and defend and rebound. He can do this. I think it's really start to really consider this team being a legit contender to win the whole fucking thing. When I did my preseason picks, I had them like fourth or fifth in the West. I was like, ah, when Clay gets back, you know they'll be competitive. I don't really know what else they're gonna surround themselves with. Draymond did not look good last year at all. But now, and and let's talk about the defense, man. The defense is spectacular. They're locking dudes up, and arguably their best defender isn't even playing yet. So I got to give my sound off to part of my sound off to the Golden State Warriors because they're back. They're back, man. And Steph Curry is my, my top five favorite players of all time. So I'm really excited to see him do this, and I think he is the leader for MVP right now. And it's just, you know, a lot of y'all idiots last year. He got to prove stuff. He got to prove stuff. What do you got to prove, man? He, right now, he's just up in the score, running the score up at this point. And he's on a clear path to get his third MVP, his uh, fourth ring. That would be spectacular to me. And I think it's to the point we're starting to get disrespectful just calling him the greatest shooter of all time. I mean, that's true. 
But this dude is top 10. You've never seen a player like Stephen Curry in your entire life. I think he might be the most entertaining player in NBA history. That's just how good he is, man. So I'm going to get that to the Golden State Warriors. They're legit. Now, the other part of my sound off is to my Chicago Bulls, man. I'm going to have a little quick conversation on here. It's a lot of people. A lot of people, a lot of people get paid to cover this sport, to cover this league. Who said the Bulls made terrible additions this offseason? Terrible additions. This is a team that won 31 games last year. A team that has the worst record in the National Basketball Association the last four years. The worst record, bro. I'm a diehard Bulls fan. Diehard Bulls fan. I've watched terrible basketball. Over the last two seasons, I've maybe watched 60 combined games from them. It's been that fucking bad. So you go out there, you get Lonzo Ball. A lot of people, a lot of Bulls fans said, we overpaid Fowles Caruso, maybe a little bit, but as somebody who's lived in the L.A. area and I've watched Caruso play, I was like, this dude is going to be perfect to, for our team. And you already got the Vooch edition that happened last year at All-Star break. But now, DeMar DeRozan. And I got I got to keep a G about DeMar. I know my homie Pav, he, he, he hates that I'm giving DeMar a little. I was never a big DeMar DeRozan fan. I'm not going to sit up here and stunt like I was. I never thought he was bad. I thought he was a pretty good player. I just didn't think that he was, like, you know, as good as a lot of people, other people thought. And I was say right here, I was wrong. This dude is cold. He can cook. He can get any shots you want. And even though I didn't feel that high about him when he was in Toronto, and that's really just because of how they went against LeBron. But losing to LeBron is not, like, uh, it's not it's not a shameful thing. Every A lot of people have lost to LeBron. But you had people out here who said this is the worst signing in the fucking offseason. That's just asinine. So for him to go out there and produce, how is he and Zach going to work? They're working tremendously. The highest scoring duo in the league so far is motherfucking DeRozan just dropped 73 points in two games in these two L.A. games. And he's really shutting these dudes up. And I just didn't understand how a team that won 31 games that really didn't have any NBA players on their roster outside of the two people who are still here. And that's... Zach Levine and Kobe White. Like, this is a complete roster overhaul by AK and Mark Eversley. And I got a slew. This team is legit. It's a legit team. You know, a lot of people was like, oh, y'all, the Bulls fans just happy they started 4-0. They beat lottery teams. 13 games, 13 game stretch that people said was going to humble us. We're 6-3 and three right now. Impressive wins against the Utah Jazz. Blew out the Brooklyn Nets. And the thing that was most important that the 20-point comeback against Boston, thing that was most important to me was this L.A. trip. Now, if you're a Bulls fan, you know the circus trip, which we used to call it. For anybody who doesn't know, it used to be called the circus trip because Ringling, uh, Ringling Brothers, Barnum, and Bailey used to come to United Center and do the circus for two weeks while they were sending Bulls out west. Bulls have historically never done well on the West Coast. This is going even back to the dynasty days with Jordan and Pippen and Rodman. We used to get our ass kicked. So for us to be... You know, two and one right now in this five game road trip. And of course, when you watch this, the Portland game would have already happened. So I don't know what happened with that one. But these are two impressive wins. In the back in the LA back to back, a lot of teams don't do that because usually you might win the first night and then you go out on the night of the town. The LA nightlife is undefeated and you can get your ass kicked the next night. I mean, we saw with the Timberwolves last week where they beat the shit out the uh, Lakers, had a night in LA, and then they got smacked by the Clippers the next day. So you go into the Clippers. On, on Sunday, and you go out there and snap their seven-game win streak, you put the absolute, you know, claws on Paul George in that fourth quarter. You go out there and win. And then you go against the Lakers, you just flat-out dominated. You just flat-out whooped they ass. That game was not close. 
from the from the jump it wasn't close. And what's even more impressive is they're doing this without without Vucevic. They're doing this without Patrick Williams. You know, they're doing this without Kobe White. I know he came back last night, but he didn't really play that much. And you had Alex Caruso starting to power forward. And they just completely eliminated Anthony Davis. And everybody was saying, oh, this team can't. Are they going to be able to play defense? And I was trying to tell people preseason, I know a lot of people didn't watch the Bulls last year, but they weren't a bad defensive team, especially considering the personnel that they had. They were ranked 12th in the league. So right now, this is like a defense where they're not letting anybody breathe. I didn't every time that Anthony Davis touched the ball, it was like three defenders on him. And I think that's gonna be a thing that's gonna carry this team as we see they're kind of like in an offensive kind of rut, just trying to see what they can get. And really uh really um DeMar and and Zach have been the ones kind of really saving this team, DeMar more than anything. So once they get in a row, get into a floor of things, I think the sky's the limit for the Eastern Conference. And one thing I will say about our front office for the first time as a Bulls fan, I have faith in the front office. And I know when the deadline comes, whatever holes that we need to get fixed are going to be addressed, man. So I'm really excited about that. And if you're a Bulls fan, don't let these stupid motherfuckers on the internet kill your joy. I see a lot of people, oh, Bulls fans acting like they won a championship. Why can't I be happy about my team actually playing well? This hasn't happened in a extremely long time. If you want to even take it further than the last four years, it's that they haven't even had a team that was worth watching since the 2014-2015 season. I mean, the fucking three alphas with Wade and, and, and Butler and Rondo are not watchable. Motherfuckers couldn't shoot for shit. So, this is, it's been a long time coming, and I'm really excited for all Bulls fans. And I think this is going to be a very exciting season, man. And, and I think as of right now, the East, the NBA, and especially the East are kind of up for grabs. So, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen long term, man. So, that is my sound off to the Warriors and to the Bulls. Watch out, NBA. And now it is time for our usual Bears Talk 79th and Hallis Corner. Of course, you got my brother Flows here. You can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Flows and It's been a couple weeks since we've done this. You know, we've been moving around, following, you know, you know, covering these games and, and shit like that. What's going on? I'm I'm chilling. I'm chilling too. Uh now, uh, you didn't go to Hallis there. You're going to Hallis tomorrow, right? Okay, all right, yeah, you said somebody got picked up me, like, like, that's, is that a burden to you, and you're in your schedule? Okay. <laughs> okay, well, let's, let's get into this week, man, the Bears are coming into this week at three and six, getting ready for a matchup against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, who are six and three, they're coming off a tough loss to the Miami Dolphins on Thursday Night Football last week, uh, what are we expecting this week from the Bears? Because if you look at the standings right now, the Bears got like the second worst record in the NFC. It, it, it does not look good. Uh, they are pretty much dead man walking playoff chance wise. Like they're not even in the in the hunt graphic on NFL Network anymore. Uh, what do you think is uh, the theme? And, and you know, we're expecting to learn the Hallis Hall this week. Do you think we're going to see Eddie Jackson and Khalil Mack out there? Like, basically, what do you think is the momentum of this team heading into this week? You know, it's interesting because Matt Nagy was asked about you know who's to blame for this win streak, win streak, losing streak, and he was like, uh, nobody's to blame, but everybody's to blame. And I feel him, but also don't feel him because he shares the brunt of the issue with this losing streak. The first point being Andy Dalton should have never been the starter. Justin Fields should have been starting from week one. And maybe you could have ironed out some of the kinks within his own game and the lack of chemistry within him and the other skill players. That being said, also, the offense he was running was terrible. 
Now, the offense Bill Lays is running ain't nothing, you know, astronomical or something top of the league, but it's better than what he was running. So you wait this long to give the reins up, and then this happens. Now you're three and six. There's an extra game this year. You can go 10 and seven and probably still could make it, depending on what's going on with the rest of the NFC. Um, I am expecting uh, the Bears to get destroyed. Um, and now I'm expecting something like 38, 27, 38, 30. Something around those lines. So you're uh, expecting them all to put almost 40 points on this defense. Yes. I do not think that, you know, if Eddie Jackson and Khalil Mack play, maybe I'll tone it down to like maybe a 27, uh, a 24. But if they're not playing, it's going to be even worse because you're going to have to deal with a quarterback who you're not going to be able to contain him when he's inside the pocket. And when he gets outside the pocket, that's where the magic happens. And design runs that are going to go to him. And you're going to have to deal with the fact that when he throws – you know, a lot of people, yourself included, don't want to admit that he is a good passer. He's not the greatest passer, Here but he go. is a good passer. Um, and he knows how to find his open targets. He knows how to find Mark Andrews. He knows how to find Hollywood Brown. Him and Mark Andrews have a very good rapport when he's outside of the pocket. Hollywood Brown included. When he's outside of the pocket, they know what to do and how to react. So I'm not expecting good things. Well, I'm going to call him Rancho Hookamonga Brown because he hasn't earned the name Hollywood. Uh in his in his name, even though I know he's talking about Hollywood, Florida, but still the point remains. Uh, I'm gonna go into the into the Ravens interview room on Sunday just so y'all can I can prove to y'all that I do not hate Lamar Jackson, and I'm gonna ask him some very flattering questions, so so we can stop this nonsense. You gonna throw some softballs just to prove that you you don't uh, respect, <laughs> you respect him as a quarterback. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Justin Fields, man. Justin Fields is coming off. Uh, Really, two really great games now. The, the appearance in, in uh in, against the 49ers, that big fourth and one run. He had that great touchdown throw, um, in the end zone. And then last week, man, when we saw Monday Night Football, that to me was the first wow, wow moment from him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Marching this team down the field, he just made big throws all night. And we can give a lot of that love to the quarterback, to, uh, Coach Flip, for helping Justin change his motion a little bit. Like it's looked different over the last couple weeks, and just like you're starting to see some momentum with Cole Komet. Cole Komet looked good. He really should have had two touchdowns. There was a lot of bad officiating and things like that. And now, if you're a Bears fan, fuck the win-loss total. Like I said, we like we've been saying on this on the podcast since training camp. Wins and losses this season do not matter. The only thing that matters is the forget progression of this kid. So I want to keep seeing him getting better and better. How, what do you think is in his mind heading up into this matchup with a guy who was an MVP a couple years ago and is an MVP candidate right now? I can't speak to what's on his mind. I know him uh, and the coaching staff and the players do respect Lamar Jackson. Um, I'm pretty sure he saw what he did in Louisville. Um but in terms of what he's doing, only Justin knows because Justin really keeps that close to the chest. Um, but what he can do and what he can learn from it is learning to sense pressure around you. It's like having a sixth sense, and I'm not sure it's something you can teach more so it's something you develop with just experience. Um, and then also learning to take outside the pocket more. You know, this is 2021 in the NFL. Passers leave the pocket frequently. Yeah, You know, I mean, they leave and it's the smallest chance of pressure. Honestly, that's where a lot of the magic happens because the defense might be sitting there and thinking, okay, I'm waiting for a post route here. I'm going to be waiting for a corner route over here. There's so many things they're going to expect, but when you're outside the pocket, they don't know what to expect. The only thing they can work on is tendencies. Though. He'll go back to the ball. He'll follow him this way. But then they are impromptu. And so I think Justin should be more than 
willing to learn from Lamar's um, lack of hesitancy when it comes to getting outside the pocket. If there's a room to move, he'll take it. If you're going to give the quarterback five yards on a rush, it is first down and no one's currently open, take it. You know, take it. And I want Justin to do more of that. And of course, you know, the coaches will ha- will want it, will sit him back, will draw a place for him. But if it's there, take it. And then when they close it off, throw it. You have the ability to do both of those things. So I can't speak as to what he's, you know, in his head. I would love to, you know, become uh, front more friendly with him and learn, you know, learn how he operates and thinks of the game. But only thing I can tell, I know, is he respects Lamar Jackson as a quarterback and has no problem learning from him. So take this opportunity to learn from him. Yeah, Justin, we want to be your Pat McAfee. So when you come on our show and feel comfortable to talk like kind of how Pat McAfee does for Q Aaron Rodgers, a.k.a. Throw Rogan, how you coming on the show every Tuesday, we want you to come on 79th the Hallows. We're going to have a you know, nice nice place for you to talk. That's that's what we want. But uh, speaking of Justin, Justin's going to have a little reinforcements on the offensive line. Tevin Jenkins has been cleared to practice this week, which is huge news for this offensive line. How much do you think we should ex- we should expect from him? You know, this still being his rookie year, he has yet to play an NFL game. And what type of line should the Bears run with now? I mean, Peters has been doing well. Uh, you know, the team is, you know, uh, Borum hasn't been that bad. How do you th- what do you think is the best selection, and what can we expect from Jenkins? Um, well, one thing's for sure is I'm expecting Tevin Jenkins to get blown up uh, because you're going against people who are past the middle point of the season. Right. Uh, being past the middle point of the season, they are in, you know, mid-season shape. They have learned to do with the punt because every single season at the start, you got to adjust yourself. You got to adjust right. yourself. That's why the preseason is also very important. Get yourself back into game shape. Get back to having game speed. It's like, of course, this is two totally different things that I'm not trying to make a fallacy of false equivalency. But if I was to play Call of Duty heavily for months and then I take weeks off, months off and I get back on and try to get into some sort of rank lobby, I'm going to get destroyed because the muscle memory isn't there anymore. Muscle memory leaves pretty quickly. Now, of course, with those who have a lot of experience, like a professional athlete, muscle memory can come back just as quickly. So you allow yourself to get up to beat. Tevin Jenkins has never played professional ball. Um, um, has never played professional ball, so he has to deal with the fact that he has to get up to speed where everybody else is midseason. Um, that being said, you know, expect some, if he does play this week, you know, expect some bruises and bumps. Expect some, uh, some you know, some oops plays. So, ooh, he let that dude get past him. Did he get blown up? If he comes out the gate just killing, then, you know, more power to him. That'd great be to awesome. See. Yeah. Um, the line I would personally roll with, I would probably have Tevin Jenkins on the left tackle, Jason Peters on right tackle, and then probably stick with the same. The line, the line that they'll roll with will stick with the same Mustafer, Cody Whitehair, James Daniels. Um, I don't like switching centers so early in the middle of the so so late in the season. I just don't like doing that. Justin has had his time with Sam Mustafer, and as much as I think Sam Mustafer won't be starting next year, I do not want to switch him out so quickly. Now, in a perfect world where you put these players in their positions and they plug and play just as good as they did at the other position, it will be Cody Whitehair back to center. Be James Daniels at uh, right guard. It would be uh, uh, Jason Peters at left guard, which I don't think he, I'm not sure when the last time he's played left guard. Then I have Borman right uh, uh, tackle. Then I have Tevin Jenkins at left tackle. I haven't. I, have, I honestly have to be. I'm intrigued to find out when the last time uh, uh, Jason Peters has played guard. I have no clue. Um, but that would be the that would be a perfect world. But since it's not a perfect world, I would probably just put Peters at the right tackle. 
Borm is good, and if you want to put Borm at the left guard, Borm can play guard. If you want to put him at a guard and put Whitehair at center, maybe. But the only issue is, is that, once again, switching centers comes with uh, a, a rapport that you develop between the person, and I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant myself of doing it. But, of course, we know how effective Cody Whitehair is at center. Yeah. Now, last topic before we get you out of here, man. Uh, now, I just want to preface this by saying we do not know. Yeah. Now that we now we cover these games, we have to say this shit. We do not know. Nobody is telling us anything about who's getting fired, who's not getting fired. But what do you and think? We, and we say that because too many people get on Twitter. Sources. And say they have sources and then get cooked when they don't. We don't know. I have two years uh, uh, covering the Bears and being inside Hollis Hall. I don't. And last year, I didn't have a chance to be with anybody. I couldn't get to Hollis Hall during the pandemic. This is my first year being in Hollis Hall regularly. Around people, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I don't have sources, so I don't know. But I know you're going to be saying, you know, there are, uh, you know, what do we guess based on our best information? But go ahead. So basically, what do you think is on the minds of Matt Nagy and Ryan Peck? There's only eight games left. Neither job, I don't think, is secure. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Now, I do think that Pace's seat is a lot cooler than, than Nagy's. I think Nagy's shit is on 90 degrees right now. I think his seat, he can barely sit down in that motherfucker. It's so hot. But what do you think Nagy can do? Because really, it's on Nagy to kind of, like, save his job. Like, what, like this season, at me personally, if I look at these last, two, eight, last eight games, I think the Bears got two wins tops left on this fucking schedule and that's lions and probably the giants and that would put them at five and 12 yeah five and 12 which would be fucking terrible and you don't have your first round pick which you live with because you got your quarterback yeah what do you think you live with that any day of the week week. that's gonna make this mess even easier to fix Mm -hmm. what do you think is on Nagy's mind and pace mind heading into this last half of the season I am of the ilk that believes that Ryan Pace's job is safe for another season. Yeah, me too. Simply for the fact that he drafted Justin Fields. Yeah. You draft a franchise quarterback, you're probably going to be safe. The odds, if you were playing this in, you know, in FanDuel or the Vegas odds, you look at FanDuel, Ryan Pace would be fired. It'd probably be plus a thousand right now. So I don't I don't think it's high for him to get fired. Whereas Nagy, I'm looking like plus 160 odds of him getting fired. Um, for him to keep his job, they'd have to win nine games. So they'd have to go nine and eight for him to win his job. So it means he'd have to go on a tear these yeah. last few games. And if he went on a they'd tear, they'd have to go six and two. <laughs> yeah, they'd have to go six and two. And the games they lose, they'd have to lose by a touchdown under. Yeah. You know, or they'd have to be in the game for the most of the game. And if you see the offense is starting to put up 24, 27 points a game, then I think his job will be safe. And I think any GM would feel the same too. If you look at your quarterback and he's starting to do that, and he's starting to uh, take off, the coaching is starting to be better, the discipline is starting to be better, then I would say his job is be safe. His job will be safe. That being said, the likelihood is highly, highly unlikely. And yeah, so the odds of him getting fired at the end of the season, you know, some people were saying in certain t- other content. Uh, in certain Twitterverse. Bears that, you know, he's gonna rules. be fired Sunday. I'm like, I'm not sure about that, you know, because a lot of you, I don't see you all at Hallis Hall. I don't see you all at the games. I don't see you all in the press area. That being said, you can have a source. There are people who know sources within the team, and they could be the cousin or something. But I don't see you around these players enough for me to believe that you have a source. Um, so if he were to be fired, I mean, he would be fired. Do I think it's likely? No, I mean, what's gonna happen 
they lose one more game. They're three and seven. The likelihood of they'd have to win every other game, literally, to make it to ten and seven. Um, so the likelihood of that happening is highly unlikely. But why would you fire him now? Is he trying to start turn the ship around? I, mean, I don't, I don't see it. So I, I, I doubt he would get fired as early. But my, in all likelihood, the Bears win six games. They're six and what? What be six and eleven? Be six and eleven. Yeah. And Nike's fired at the end of the season. But Ryan yeah, Pace, I, I'm I'm pretty sure he's not going nowhere. Yeah, I think Ryan Pace is is, is I think they're gonna at least let him play play out the last year of his contract. And if Tevin Jenkins looks good, they're gonna say Tevin Jenkins looks good. Right, they're gonna say right. he, he got Khalil David Herbert Montgomery, Khalil good. Herbert, Larry Borm yeah. looks good. Like there's two many people that they can point to and say Khalil Mack looking back to elite. You know, you know what I'm saying? saying? There's gonna be things that's gonna it's, keep it's too many people to point to to say yeah. that you fire him when they look good and the GM's job isn't to create the record. The GM's job is to create the squad and the personnel. And now, I, I do not think that's enough to fire him, but, you know. The flip side of that is, do you want him to hire another coach? This will be coach number three, which I see will be the issue right there, too. It, at, at, least that, at least there was outside hiring with Matt Nagy. At least there was a process with Matt Nagy. He he, he didn't make it. He, you know, he screwed up. I mean, it. we liked the John Fox hire when it happened, too, though. Remember when we were, What'd you say? First time we liked the John Fox hire when it happened yeah, too. We did. He was coming off being Denver's coach. Denver was fantastic. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It seemed like a good hire at the time. Coaching is weird, man. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But he also saw the ship ain't moving with the John Fox. Let's get him out of here. Okay, we have a young offensive coordinator in him. Let's in uh Matt Nackie, let's get him. Now you have the I don't know if the enemy is going to be up for getting picked, and you have Dabble from uh the Bills. I wouldn't pick any of them, but I want Kellen. Kellen. I don't know about that either, but you know, really, none of these. I'm real. No matter who the hell we, I'm hire, not impressed by anybody. I'm not championing none of these dudes to at least two years into their contract. Basically. I'm done championing coaches before she happens. Basically. I'm done doing that. But uh, yeah, man, uh, we're gonna wrap this up. Of course, we will be back in Soldier Field this Sunday for Bears, uh, Ravens. Of course, when you're watching this, I'll probably be on a flight. I'll be on a flight when you're watching this right now. But um, look out for our post game video that's gonna be coming. We should be doing a preview pod this week. I don't know what schedule's looking like. TBD. TBD. Uh, TBD for this weekend. But of course, we will have our post our post game. Per usual, man. So check that out. Um, you know where to follow him at Flows and Delaney. Follow 79th House at 79th A and D Hallis. And we'll have you back on in two weeks after Thanksgiving. Now, man, as usual, it's always great talking to my brother, man, talk about some bears, man. But let's get into NFL, man. Week 10 is over. Uh week eleven starts tonight on Thursday night football. Uh but let's talk about the top three stories and top five storylines coming into week 11 from past uh, week 10, man. Very entertaining week. I was able to actually sit down and watch some football, which I haven't been able to do. I feel like in like a month, you know, I've been, you know, all over the place covering these games. So I was able to actually sit down, turn on red zone and watch the games. Very interesting week. I won't say it was like a great week or a bad week, but the NFL last couple weeks has been interesting. Like, you know, we just talk about the NBA being up for grabs. The NFL, to me, is up for grabs. You could sell me on a legit seven, maybe eight teams of winning this whole thing. That's just kind of crazy the league has been right now. So I want to start with my number five storyline of this past week, and that one is Cameron Jarrell Newton is back. Now, I came on this podcast a couple weeks ago, and I chastised him for not taking the vaccine. He smartened up and got the damn vaccine. And now he's back where he belongs, in Carolina. And I also want to apologize for what I said about Sam Darnold. 
I said Sam Darnold might have been fake decent. I was, I was, I was wrong. That dude is trash. That dude fucking stinks. If there's anybody on planet Earth right now who is taking a victory lap, it is Adam Gase. That dude stinks. So it was good for Cam. I know Cam didn't want to leave. I don't think if you're if you're a fan of the sport, if you're a fan of Cam Newton, you didn't want to see him leave Carolina. He didn't want to see him. And if I was Cam, I would feel, you know, gr- you know, gratified that, you know, and, you know, kind of feel a little good that you came back to me. Kind of like the Thanos thing in Endgame. Like, you cannot live with your own failures. And what did that bring you? Back to me. Like, you, you tried with Teddy Midwater. Didn't work. You tried with Sam Darnold. Didn't work. Now I'm back. He's back here, man. And what he did this past weekend, just seeing the joy in Cam's face in these uh, in a postgame interview, I mean, in the in the interview, you know, when he came back, talking about just how happy. Yeah, we, we didn't see that in New England whatsoever. And just you can see the joy from the other members of the Panthers. I mean, Robbie Anderson, well, he wanted to kill Sam Donald like two weeks ago. He's smiling. Chris McCaffrey ain't smiled like that since Cam left. And I think that's just, you know, you see the momentum back in the building. And they're in a playoff race right now. They're holding on. They're like in the race for one of those final wild card spots. And now Cam has an opportunity to see if he can lead this team to one of those wild card spots. They just come off a dominant win in Arizona. Not granted. Kyler Murray didn't play. DeAndre Hopkins didn't play. Would you play who's on the field? Blew them out like it's supposed to, and they got a big win. I don't know how he's going to play long term because he didn't really look great when he was in New England. So I don't know if it's an age thing, but I think it's just exciting and gives us something to watch. I mean, he came in on select plays against Arizona, and he had two touchdowns. So that that type of element right there I think is going to be exciting, and I'm really happy for Cam, and I'm here happy for Carolina sports fans, man. I'm, I'm, it's a dope story to see Cam Newton back where it all started. Now let's get into my number four storyline comments this week. The Buccaneers are slumping right now. They've lost two in a row, uh, two games to team. They really had no business losing to. I mean, they lost to New Orleans two weeks ago. Technically losing to Jameis and Trevor Simeon, which you can't do. And then they lost this week to fucking Taylor Heineke and Washington, man. These are two quarterbacks you're supposed to be losing to. And Tom Tom Brady did not play that well in these, in these last two games. But I'm here to tell you, don't fall for the bullshit. How many times have we seen this? How many times have we seen a Tom Brady-led team struggle and y'all get off the bandwagon? Like, like. This is January Tommy we talking about. That's a new nickname I got for him. January Tommy is what we're talking about. He don't give a fuck about the regular season. Why should he? I wouldn't care about this shit either. They're going to win this division by just showing up. That's, that's all that he's got to do to win this division is show up. And they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. They get A.B. coming back soon. Gronk is coming back soon. There's not going to be Tampa Bay high schools in that secondary anymore. The secondary is going to get healthy. And when they get healthy, I still got them over the field. If you make me bet my life on it, I'm going with Brady every day of the week, man. So I'm telling you all right now, don't do this to yourself. How many times are you going to fall for it? It's been 20 fucking years right now. I mean, even if you look at it, he the only dude. He got a Last Dance type documentary special on ESPN Plus right now. And he's still fucking playing. Like, like let's stop it, man. I don't want to hear... None of y'all type of, ooh, the Bucks in trouble. I'm not trying to hear that shit, bro. I'm, not, I'm, I'm just, I'm not trying to hear it. That's my number four storyline. Don't fall for the bullshit when it comes with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. Number three, and I, I say number three with, 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 a, with a, such a big smile on my face because I've been trying to tell y'all for long, this dude, this dude ain't it. Baker Mayfield ain't it. Baker Mayfield is not it. Baker Mayfield wishes he was Jay Cutler. 
That's how bad the Baker Mayfield is. This man threw 21 times and threw for 73 yards. You know, he tried to go out here and blame Odell. It's you. He got more commercials than it feels like he got touchdowns. Like, the worst road to be in, I believe, in sports is the middle. If you're a middle road basketball team, if you're a middle road football team, it's terrible. But the number one thing that's terrible is having a middle of the road quarterback because he's not bad enough to uh for you to get rid of, you know what I'm saying, and start from scratch. And he ain't good enough to win the whole damn thing. So that's what's kind of the predicament they're in right now. And the worst thing about Baker Mayfield is you look at other mid quarterbacks, you taking them over. Gun to your head. Baker Mayfield. Kirk Cousins. I'm taking COVID Kirk every day of the week. Like, come on, dog. Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr. I'm taking Derek Carr. That's how bad it is. And if you're the Cleveland Browns, which I told all of y'all, all of y'all, who said Cleveland Browns going to the Super Bowl, my brother said that shit, my homie Chop said that shit, Super what? No, it's just not going to happen, bro. It's not going to happen. And I do not envy the Cleveland Browns. Never have. Even as a Bull Bears fan, things ain't been great for us. But I truly believe there's been three franchises put on God's green earth to let me know as a Bears fan, shit ain't all that bad. It's Cleveland Browns, the New York Jets, and the Detroit Lions. Those three teams that made me feel like I'm going to be okay. Because now where do you go from Baker? You can't really let him walk. You got to pay him. But how much you going to pay him? And I think that's what's messed up for him, man. So Baker Mayfield ain't it. I'm going to take a victory lap over this. Because I tried to tell y'all. Y'all try to call me a hater. He ain't it, man. Now let's go to number two, the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs are not there yet, people. Kansas City Chiefs, all that talking about you know, AFC West, the Chargers going to do this. Uh, you know, uh, are, the, are the Raiders going to make these interesting? They're, they're back in first place. Patrick Mahomes, my guy Patrick Mahomes, he was my favorite player in the league before we got Justin Fields. So he moves to number two. But I do believe he's the best quarterback in the league still. I think he's the best player in the league still. Two guys who I feel like the best players in the league is him and Aaron Donald because they're just masterful at their position. He had a real reminder-ass game this week against the Raiders. Five touchdowns. Looked like the Patrick Mahomes we all know and love. They're not done yet. And if you look at the AFC, can you really say who's the best team? I can't say who's the best team confidently in the AFC. Everybody got issues. Bills got issues. Ravens got issues. Chiefs got issues. Steelers got issues. Who you going to pick? You know what I'm saying? There's so many, there's so many different ways you can go. I feel like there's a lot of time for the uh, the Chiefs to get their shit together. Now, I'm really interested to see this upcoming week game. We'll get to that in a minute against the Cowboys. That's gonna tell me a lot about them. But for all of you who said that, and this kind of goes back to the Steph Curry thing, where Steph Curry got to prove something. Oh, they figured Patrick Mahomes out. They didn't figure shit out. Okay, like this is his fourth full season as a, as a, as, a, as a as a starting quarterback. If they'd have figured him out, they'd have figured him out a long time ago. He's not figured out. There's just certain things he's got to put together because this team isn't as great as the other teams he's played on. So he needs to learn to, you know, you can still win the game with a with a single or a triple or a double. Everything ain't got to be home run plays. You can do the check down. So once I feel like he gets over that point, I think this thing's really going to really start rolling. And I think this next week is going to tell us a lot about that. So I'm just going to say for number two, don't count the Kansas City Chiefs out. My number one biggest storyline – Happy about it. I'm doing a lot of I told you shows today. Matthew Stafford is Matthew Stafford, man. Like, we, we can sit up here and, you know, first of all, super teams in the NFL don't work. 
It's football. It's literally any given Sunday, anything can fucking happen. I seen a team that literally went, what, 18-0 and 0 in 2007 and got beat by a fucking wild card team in the Super Bowl. None of that shit matters, bro. None of that shit matters. Like, if, if you take the 07 Patriots and the 07 Giants and have a best of seven series, Patriots win that shit and probably sweep their ass. But it don't matter in football because this is one day. And I like the Odell signing. Honestly, the Odell signing looks like it's necessary now that Robert Woods is out for the season. I like the Von Miller signing. You know, Von's not the Von that he used to be when you got Aaron Donald on, on, the, on the front line and you've got guys like, you know, Leonard Floyd who play their role. All he got to do is, you know, put in a piece. He ain't got to be dominant, Von. So I like the signings. I think their, their general manager did a great fucking job. But if you're betting your Super Bowl money – on John Matthew Stafford, yes, I I I I figured out what his real name is. You probably see your fucking money. There's one thing this dude is gonna do, and I've seen him his whole career. Him being in NFC North, playing for the Lions, I've seen him. He's not a bad quarterback. I'm not gonna sit up here and act like tell you that Matt Stafford is trash. Matt Stafford is not trash. Matt Stafford is a good quarterback. I think Matt Stafford is probably a top ten quarterback in his league. He probably nine or ten, but he's on that list. But if you think Matt Stafford is going to be one that's going to take you to the promised land, he's going to be one to get you over the hump, you're, you're sadly mistaken. We've seen the last two weeks. Put like absolute shit at home against the Tennessee Titans. And he fucking laid another egg against the San Francisco 49ers this week on Monday Night Football. And by the way, I want to say this about the Niners. Fucking Kyle Shanahan, who, they, who I saw somebody call Mark Tressman with Yeezys, which, which I thought was fucking hilarious. That guy can't do nothing against the other 30 teams, but, boy, he be kicking the Rams' ass 5-0 and against them now, and they just made them look incompetent. And that defense, I think uh, Matt Stafford only threw two picks. He probably should have had four. He got away with a couple, man. And if you look at the field, are you confident in Matt Stafford going into Green Bay? Because this thing we got to realize, they're not number one in their division. So if the playoffs started now, they'd be on the road. So you got faith? And Matt Stafford going to Green Bay to Frozen Tundra to, to beat Throw Rogan? I don't. You got faith in them going into Jerry World and beating Dak and going up against that defense? I don't. Should I see Trayvon Diggs intercepting Matt Stafford in my head right now? I can break the whole damn play down. I don't have faith in that. <laughs> you, think I, you, you, you think I'm betting against Matt Stafford against Tom Brady? Get out of my face, man. And I'll be real. I don't even know if they can beat Kyler Murray. I don't even know. I think it's a great team, and they have. I'm not going to kill the defense for what happened this past Monday. I think they'll get it together. But you're not putting your bets on time, on, on, on Matthew Stafford. If you are, you're a fucking idiot. If there's one thing he's going to do, he's going to fuck the money up. I'm telling you. This Ram shit might come to bite, bite him in the ass. They gave him three first-round picks for Matt Stafford. I understand Jared Goff is ass, but three first-round picks? Eh. We might have a conversation about this in a couple weeks, man. So I'm just going to say... Don't put your money on Matt Stafford. Now, let's get into our uh, top three must-watch games going to week 11, man. We got a pretty decent schedule uh, this upcoming week. We're going to go with uh, my number three game of the week. It's an NFC North battle. It's going to be in Minneapolis. It's going to be the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Green Bay Packers. Thing I'll say this about the Vikings. The Vikings got a really, I feel like, entertaining offense. I mean, Kirk Cousins does what he does. You know, Kirk Cousins can put up points and then do absolute stupid shit five minutes later. But Justin Jefferson is a, is a dog, man. Justin Jefferson is a dog. I think they got a lot of weapons there. And they, they really should have a better record than what they have right now. I think majority of the questions are on that defense and them not being able to close games. So this, to me, is must-see because I feel like they have an opportunity to beat 
the Green Bay Packers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers didn't look too good last week coming off COVID. Um, the, the Seahawks had every opportunity to win that game and just did nothing. And I do believe this is a uh, you know a beat up Green Bay Packer defense. I feel like a lot of players can be made. Now the question here is, you got to learn how to close against the Packers. This shit they've been pulling the last couple weeks, and honestly, not getting away with it, definitely isn't going to fly against Green Bay. But I do think it's going to be a high scoring game and an entertaining game. My number two game, it might actually surprise you. It might actually surprise you because my brother came on early and said he thinks this game is going to be a blowout. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think the Bears are going to lose, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I got Bears-Ravens. And the reason I say this is going to be a must-watch game is because the marquee matchup. You got Lamar Jackson versus Justin Fields, two young black quarterbacks. You know, I won't say that games mirror each other because I feel like Lamar is way more explosive. Uh, I do think Justin is a better thrower, and I know y'all might get my mentions for that, but I think Justin's a better thrower. But this, to me, is like kind of like the, the the coming, not the coming of age, but kind of like what this new NFL is, you know, the running quarterback, the young black quarterback. And I'm really interested to see that matchup, and I'm glad I'm going to be in attendance to see that matchup. It's going to be very fun to watch. And I think everybody else will watch this game too, and especially if Khalil Matt and Eddie Jackson play like Matt Nagy is hoping that they will. I think it's going to be an interesting game. Even if you're if, from a Baltimore perspective, they got shut down in that fourth quarter by Miami last week. And now this this is this is a game they need. And I think it's gonna be real entertaining to watch, man. And I'm gonna go with that for my number two must must watch game for week eleven. But my number one game to watch is the game in uh Arrowhead, man. It's Chiefs Cowboys. This is a huge, huge game for both teams. This is a huge game for Dallas because Dallas can go out there and say, yo, we beat the team who's run the AFC the last two, three seasons. And they can go out there and show we're legit. And, and we can do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, Dallas has been great, but I'm trying to think out of all their wins. Like, they, they let Tampa off the hook. I'm not I'm trying to see if they have any, like, quote-unquote uh, standout win. I don't think they have. I don't have a schedule in front of me, but this one hit 100%, despite the way the Chiefs have been struggling, be a standout win. Go on the road, in that cold weather, beat Mahomes, coming off a great game last week. And if you're the Chiefs, you need to win this one to really say, okay, we're back. If the Chiefs win this one, and Mahomes looks good again. Looks good again. I think this team will be right on the back, to, uh, right on the back on the right direction, and to get this season turned into the right way, man. So I think it's gonna be very interesting. This that is my number one game of the week. When we come back, man, we're gonna have our guests, man. So stay tuned. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of I'm Not Gonna Hold You, man. We've got a special guest. In the building, man, we got the homie Larry Legend in the building, man. He is a great comedian. He's a host of uh, Smoked Out Saturdays, man. He's uh, probably the king of heralds, man. If you want to come to Chicago and know what the best heralds is and which one you need to be hitting up, this is the man you need to be hitting up, man. This is my guy. What's what's going on, bro? Man, chilling, bro. Like I said, man, just sitting here waiting on this episode to come out on Southside. I've been able to be featured on there, so that's a, that's a good thing. I, I think that's the best thing going on right now. That's a blessing, man. For for everybody who's not in tune, Southside, one of the funniest shows on TV, man. I found out like through like a fucking billboard out here in LA like two years ago. It was like and I was like, what the fuck is this? No, I, I didn't really know what it was. I watched like maybe the first two episodes and I've been I've been championing that show since. So I'm glad that when I heard that you were on it, I was very hyped about that shit, man. I think you're gonna fit in perfectly with that show. Now tell us like how they reached out to you, you know, how you got in tune with that and anything that you can tell us about the role or episode you're in. Um, well they they hit me up about the show. Well, they start back, they they've been following my skits for a minute, a little a little 
a couple of years maybe now they have been uh letting me know they've been watching my stuff sometimes just a couple of creators of the show and uh then they reached out to me and asked me about being on the show and of course i jumped at that uh and i mean that's pretty much how it happened um i didn't do no extra shit. nobody you know it was just kind of like organic as hell and uh once i was able to get on the show they actually i believe i'm playing myself okay so that's that's a pretty raw shit. Yeah. And I'm on uh, the last episode of the season. If I'm not mistaken, I am like the last or like second to last scene. So just be on the lookout for it. it you'll 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 know it's me when you see it. You know, I ain't got I ain't hiding. I ain't got no mask <laughs> on. I'm outside on that. So Definitely. it was it was it was super fun though. Super fun. So did you shoot it like uh, last year or when? Like when when did you get on set and everything? Uh, it was actually this past summer. Uh, they okay. finished. They finished. I actually filmed the day before my birthday, and my birthday was on Father's Day. So uh, it was it was a crazy experience to me because it's like my it's not, it's not my first Father's Day, but it's my first birthday that my Father's Day fell upon. So right, it was a uh, a a lot of joy within that weekend. I was turned up. I, I can only imagine, bro. I can only imagine you being uh, teed up with that, bro. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that, man. Uh, you got anything else going on? What's going on with Smoked on Smoked Out Saturdays, man? Like, what's going on uh, with that? You guys got any new guests coming up? Oh, yeah. We got a few new guests that we working on. Uh, we already talked to them, and pretty much they, they ready to go. We just had to start. Uh, we just started back filming recently. We did a couple of episodes over the year. But nothing like too consistent. But now we're getting back in the groove of stuff. We got some uh, a new set, uh, new equipment, new skits. We got some new skits coming out soon. I just dropped one like on Halloween, just a little baby, little baby skit. But uh, we got some new Which shit was coming out hilarious, very bro. soon. <laughs> man, appreciate you, man. We didn't get the traction. We didn't get the traction we were supposed to get on that. I think it was just the day. It's really hard to drop shit on Sundays and shit, you know. Yeah. So. I, I just know we got a, a few different things coming out soon, but we definitely got some real big guests that uh people going to really enjoy. I'll just say that much. Definitely, man. I'm looking forward to that. Now, let's get into some sports talk, man. Of course, we're both diehard Bulls fans. It's been a rough period of Bulls basketball since uh, D. Rose left the building. Um, Let us know, man. Uh, what do you feel about this current uh, Chicago Bulls team, man, with Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, you know, Lonzo Ball. Like, how how you feel about that hot start? Do you think they, this is something that they can push through the entire season? Oh, yeah. I'm with it. I, I believe in the team that we got. I think we need another piece as a big man. But I love, like, our core guys. I rock with, with uh, Zach stepping up where I knew he would be. DeMar DeRozan is super surprising to a lot of people. I'm I think he just finally being able to play in the position he usually plays. Like last year, he was when he was with the Spurs. I don't know how many years. It's been like two or three years now, but he was like a power forward out there. And now he's yeah. back playing the three, being able to score a little more and be more assertive in the offense early. That's something I noticed we'd be doing a lot of. Was surprised with Caruso. I knew he was all right off the bench, but he like he got decent defense. So I can't even yeah. lie. Uh, his hands are quick as hell. Um, Lonzo has been great, even though he's only shooting like 41% from the field. He's shooting like 45 from the three. Yeah, that's and, the wild um, part. 
that shit is crazy because I usually be on his ass about, you know, 40% from the field is terrible. But when you yeah. shooting that well, and then, like, uh, I've seen a couple people say, it's something I noticed, too, that he got a lot of, he does a lot of intangible things that don't show up on the stat sheet, but I know yeah. they, like, make the stat sheet what it is. So it's, I rock with the team we got right now. I think we super solid. I think we way more solid than people think we are. Yeah. And they, they starting to wake up. I still don't feel like, we we beat anybody really good yet, like, but I don't know who's really good in the NBA no more. Like everybody's kind of blaming the basketball and the rules, but it's like we just playing basketball, and that's how we beating everybody. Every, no, it's not one person who's trying to do everything every night. We got three or four people who can be the number one scorer tonight. So I, I I love the Bulls right now, man. We sat through Ronald Dupree, man. You know, <laughs> we sat through. Shaq we sat Harrison. through the bad version, of, the bad version of campaign. We had the worst version of campaign yeah. in the league. Now he's he's doing well, but like we sat through some shit. It was like two years where I didn't even watch the Bulls. It was no point. Like I'm not gonna watch uh, the other Grant brother do shit. Like <laughs> no, I don't want to see that shit. Like man, they crazy. Yeah, I definitely have probably watched like 60 Bulls games combined the last two seasons. Like, I would watch a couple, but this year it's been fun to just watch them every game. And like like you said, it's been a weird-ass season. Like, outside of the Warriors, ain't nobody been really kicking ass like that. Like, you know, the Lakers are a shit show. You know, the the Bucks got a lot of injuries with Giannis and Drew. You know, KD and KD and Hart got to jump Kyrie and put that syringe in them. I don't know what else they're going to do over there yeah. in Brooklyn. But, you know, I think the the one thing that I think is positive about the Bulls is usually this West Coast trip kick our ass. Like, even historically, like, even in the Jordan days, like, you know, the circus trip would never be a successful one. So, you know, of course, you still got two more games on the circus trip. We'll see how they play against Portland and Denver. But there's a good chance they come out here with an over 500 record. And this 13-game stretch that everybody said they were going to get humbled, they're 6-3 and three mm-hmm. right now. So, you know, I really love how they playing. I think once we get Vooch back, you know, and then it feels good as a Bulls fan to be able to trust your front office. So now I'm like, whatever holes we got at all-star break or trade deadline, I know that they're going to be addressed. And I think that's the, right. the biggest thing right there, man. Um, One last thing before we get you out of here, man, I definitely want to talk about some heroes now. You know, I want to know what's the best one in the city right now because I be coming home and I be like, you know, some shit don't be there no more or the mouth sauce ain't really hitting no more. Like, it's been a lot of inconsistency in these streets lately. Tell me, where's the go-to place? Because I'm going to be back tomorrow and I want to know where the fuck I need to go this weekend. Yeah, for me, it's going to be... I'm going to give you the funny answer first. You you should just get your hairs from where you at first. You just go in Hollywood <laughs> and get your hairs because Chicago has fell off, man. It's bad right now. And it's really just the inconsistency with all of the heralds. They're not really on the same program. And then a lot of them are just getting back in the flow of shit with, with COVID. So, like, some of them aren't consistent. I would say, for me, it's going to be 103rd, but that's just okay. because – it's the most convenient for me right now. Uh, but most people will tell you 35th. I haven't had them in years. I'm going to have to go back. I might go this week. Uh, but I would I would, I would, I would uh, say 35th would be a good, 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 good starting point for you coming okay. back home. I wouldn't go to – I'm not going to Express Heroes. I love 70, 74th and Stony, but I heard they haven't been consistent recently and – it's just all over the place, man. Once once they get their camaraderie together, it'll be right. But for now, the best heroes are outside of Chicago. That's the craziest shit. 
Man, we 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 in the Herald's drought right now. I will say this about the Hollywood Heralds: it is authentic. It tastes like the real shit. They just tax the fuck out of you. Like yeah, especially if you get that shit on DoorDash or something, you end up paying about thirty dollars for a six piece. But you know, you know yeah, that's, 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 the, out here, out here, uh, a lot of them been raising. They, some of them haven't, but a lot of them been raising their price because of this fake ring, wing shortage. I don't, oh yeah, wing shortage. <laughs> fuck out of here. They're lying, man. I know one thing about the ring shortage. Since they rose the prices, they'll probably never go back down. Like, if people right. going to pay, they're going to keep it up. So, you go to Heroes, you might spend $14, $15 on your six wing. So, be prepared for that. But it's still beating it's still beating Hollywood. Oh, for sure. Definitely, man. But, um, yeah, bro, let them know where they can follow you at. No, get them, hit them with all their socials where everybody can get in tune with you, man. And, you know, so they can be, you know, updated on everything you got going on. Uh, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at Larry is Legend one word. Uh, on Instagram, Larry is Legend one. Uh, on YouTube, it's without Saturdays. D A Z E, not D A Y S. Uh, and that's pretty much it right now. That's where you could get at me. Uh, and just keep up with everything I got going on. That's pretty much. Yes, sir, All bro. Right. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you, man. I love what you're doing, man. I always love rocking with you and the fam. Uh, I rock with all of y'all, man. Joe, my boy Pavy, Pavy, my boy. <laughs> you, know, we, we, you know, we used to call him Pavy. Yeah, that, that's what I used to be a joke back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm rocking with all of y'all, man. I rock with y'all, what y'all doing. I see who y'all working with. I, I, I see everything, man. So Appreciate keep it you, going, bro. bro. This is this is raw. Yes, sir. Chicago yes, sir, my shit. guy. Raw as Southside. <laughs> Alright, yes, sir. We're back. Shout out my homie Larry. Larry Legend, man. Getting tuned with him, man. Southside season two. Make sure you check it out. Now it is prediction time. Prediction time. The homie Mikey will not be on here, but he will be doing uh a betting video that will be on the Barber's Chair Instagram and Twitter before kickoff on Sunday morning. So look out for that. But I'm going to run through the week 11 uh, predictions. Last week I didn't have any pr- predictions because I didn't do a show. But uh, the week before that I went 9-5 and five, and my total is 76-31 and 31, my predictions. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty fucking good this year. Um, starting off tonight, Thursday night football. Big game in Atlanta. New England Patriots, Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons offense has actually been pretty solid. You know what I'm saying? I know a lot of Falcons fans out there hate Matt uh, Matt Ryan, which I will never understand. I think Matt Ryan is a Hall of Famer. I think Matt Ryan is, you know, one of the best quarterbacks. He's the best quarterback they had, and I know a lot of Falcons fans like to hear that. I know we love Michael Vick. I love Michael Vick. I had three Michael Vick jerseys in high school, but let's cut the shit. He's not a better player than Matt Ryan. Uh, But they've been putting up some points, and this is an opportunity for them. They're in a wild card race in the NFC also. They're going to be at home. Can they get a big win? And the the Patriots, to be the most interesting team in the league. And I say they're interesting because, of course, you know any Bill Belichick-led team is going to have a solid defense. They have a solid defense. And Mac Jones is interesting to me because he ain't been bad, and he ain't been really good, good either. Like, he he does what the team wants him to do, and I think that's all that Mac – you can ask from Mac if you're a a Patriots fan, if you're Bill Belichick. He's doing – 
what they wanted to do. He doesn't make any splashy plays, but he's not going to necessarily lose you a game. Me, like, I haven't seen a game this season. I'm like, oh, yeah, the Patriots lost that game because of Mac Jones. So I'm really interested to see, can he take a leap? Can he start seeing some, some flashy plays? We saw a couple flashy plays against Cleveland last week. Can they do that, and can they really, you know, make some – some you know some noise in this AFC picture because they're only a half game out of first in the AFC East. You know that's how underwhelming the Bills been the last couple of weeks. So this one's gonna be interesting, and I actually think the Pats are gonna win. Um, I could see the Falcons winning. They got a good offense, but I'm gonna believe in that defense, and I think they get the job done. Um, this next game is gonna be a very entertaining too. Uh, Bills and Colts. Colts been playing better over these last couple weeks. And I know the NFL is pretty excited about that because they're doing the first in-season hard knocks. And nobody wants to watch the hard knocks when the team is getting their ass kicked. So I think just from the viewing uh, perspective, that's going to be good for the NFL. The Bills had a good win this past week. Uh, they've been real hot and cold. Um, but this is going to be a tough, tough game for them. But they will be at the crib. And I think they're going to win this. I think the Bills will get this one. They're going to continue to, you know, slowly build to the team, especially the team that I expect them to be. I got them in the Super Bowl this year, so they better clean this shit up. So I'm going to go with them with this one. Lions-Browns. This game is interesting to me because the Browns are free-falling, and the Lions are arguably the worst team in, in, in football. And I say, only reason I say arguably, there's a team in Houston that might be a little worse. Might be a little worse. I understand they got a win and, and, and the, the Lions don't. But just talent-wise, the Lions might be a little better. But with this one, it's in Cleveland. Now, I originally had Lions over Browns only because eventually – the Lions got to win one, right? But now we're hearing that Jared Goff's got some injuries and they might have to roll their back up. I'm going to pick Cleveland to win, but I am not confident at all. I think this game is going to be extremely close, and I would not be shocked if the Lions actually win because they eventually got to get one. They eventually have to get a win. So I'm a slim, I'm a very close pick. I'm going to pick the Browns. Um, Next game, Titans and Texans. This is going to be a straight-up asshole, but I have really nothing to say. This Titans are looking like... They're probably the one who can have a solid claim to best team in the AFC. Uh, they've looked really good the last two weeks when they beat the Bricks off the uh, the Rams in L.A. and then, you know, have a close win against the Saints this past week. And they're doing this without Derrick Henry. And, you know, they're, they're keeping up hope that he will come back this year. And if he does come back, they're going to be able to stay afloat with the rest of the schedule, man. And they're going to they're gonna take out the Texans. Like I said, the Texans are probably the worst team in football. Uh, Vikings-Packers is my number three must-watch game this this week. I'm going to take the Vikings. I'm going to take the Vikings. They're at home. I like how the offense has been doing. Um, we don't know how Rodgers is going to look. He didn't really look too good last week. Um, they're not going to have Aaron Jones this week, so that's going to definitely affect their running game. And I think this is an opportunity where if the Vikings can just learn how to close it then, they'll be able to win. I do feel like they're going to put, put enough points up on this um hurt Green Bay Packer defense. So I'm going to go with the Vikings. This next game is another don't waste your time. I'm glad I won't be in front of a TV to watch this shit. Dolphins, Jets. I told myself I was going to stop picking the Dolphins this season. But the Jets are just, the Jets are terrible, bro. Like, I don't, I feel sorry for Jets fans. Like, it's just, it's, if it ain't one thing, it's another with that franchise, man. I think Joe Flacco is starting this week. So, I'm going to go with the, with the Dolphins. Uh, next one, Eagles and Saints. 
Uh, Jalen Hurts is starting to look better. Jalen Hurts is starting to look better. Trevor Simeon has not looked that bad since taking over for Jameis Winston, who's out for the rest of the year with the ACL tear. Um, I really love how Jalen Hurts and uh, Devontae Smith looked last weekend in Denver. They were looking like they're really hooking up, looking like they're finally connecting. I'm gonna go with the Eagles over this one. Uh, they're 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 kind of moving up a little bit in the in the hunt box. As you know that they're showing NFL Network, I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. But they they got a little in the in the hunt type of heat that might be at least watchable for Philly fans. So I'm gonna go with the Eagles for this one. Panthers versus the Washington football team. This is interesting because this is going to be Ron Rivera's return, his first return to Carolina since leaving. Uh, this will be Cam's first game starting back in Carolina, and this is going to be an interesting game for them, man. But Washington, I'm not betting on back-to-back weeks, back-to-back good games from Taylor Heineke. I'm just, I'm, I'm just not. So I'm going to go with the Panthers in this one. So I think it's going to be a close game, but uh, I think it's going to be a lot of opportunities for this Panther offense to make plays, especially without Chase Young out there, who also is out with the ACL tip, man. I really we need to turn injuries off. This shit stinks. Um, Niners-Jags. Another why, don't waste your time game. Niners coming off a big win. The Jags stink. The Jags stink. And I feel bad for Trevor Lawrence because Trevor Lawrence is, I still think he's going to be great. There's not a doubt in my mind that Trevor Lawrence is going to be a stud. Trevor Lawrence is going to be a franchise quarterback. I think the only quarterback, he's the only quarterback that I might put over Justin. That's just how good that kid is. And they're asking way too much of him. He's in a shit situation. He's like that uh, meme of the Bugatti in the hood. That's exactly what Trevor Lawrence is. And I know they had a win the other week ago, but and I do feel like Urban Meyer ain't going. I feel like Urban wants to be there. He's going to be there next year. So they got to find a way to get more talent around this dude to get better. But this weekend ain't going to happen. I think the Niners are going to actually win this one. Uh, Raiders and Bengals. It's an interesting game for both teams right now. And they kind of mirror each other. Like, they're, they, they, they're, they're so inconsistent. Uh... You know, they can win for a couple weeks, lose for a couple weeks. And these teams really mirror each other. I'm going to pick the Raiders in a close game. And the only reason I'm going to pick them is because they're at home. They're at home, and I think that will give them the edge. But this one is kind of a toss-up. Um, Now we talk about Cowboys, Chiefs. Man, uh, they're in, they're in Kansas City. Uh, I do think the Chiefs' offense will look a little better. I do think that they'll look way more put than they, than they have. I think it'll be not as great as it looked against the Raiders just because the Raiders are such an undisciplined-ass team, undisciplined-ass defense. But I don't think it's going to be enough. I think the Cowboys are legit, man. I think the Cowboys are legit, and I think they're going to win this game. I think you're going to get a big that game. I think the defense is going to make some couple plays. And I think it's going to be a big road win for them, too. Like For all of you who were skeptical, about the Cowboys, you've got every right to be skeptical about the Cowboys. It's the fucking Cowboys. Something always happens. They go out there and win this game. I mean, there's not really a lot more you can say about this team. So, I'm going to go with the Cowboys for this one. Cardinals, Seahawks. This one is like another uh, blog game to me. Um, we still don't know much about Kyler Murray's status. We still don't know much about DeAndre Hopkins' status. Um, Russell Wilson has just come back from injury. Did not look good in Green Bay whatsoever. But that team looks bad, bad, bad. Seattle. I'm going to pick the Cardinals. And if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan, I advise you to appreciate these last couple weeks because I feel like, just like Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, we're watching the last days of Russell Wilson in a Seahawks uniform. So, if I were you, soak it all in. You're going to soak this loss in on Sunday, too, because I got the Cardinals winning. Chargers Seahawks. Not Seahawks. Chargers Steelers, which is another interesting game. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, or criminal number seven, as I refer him to, he should be playing this week. The Chargers have... Uh, Chargers had a little spark in the beginning, but then right back to the mid 
that uh, I kind of had predicted at the beginning of the season. Like, I thought, oh, they'll be like a wild card team, but nothing like too, too great. This is a big opportunity for them. And not that I feel like the Steelers are a great team because I don't. I just think they're, you know, okay in a in an okay-ass division. You know, they really should have lost last week against the Bears. But, and just the, the fucking effort they put against, against the Lions. That might have been the worst football game I've ever seen in my life. Like, period. Um, I think the Chargers are going to win this one. I think the Chargers are going to win this one. We don't know how, you know, inmate number seven is going to look coming off that, coming off Corona. We don't really know how they're going to react to that. And I just feel like, you know, they, these guys got to break this streak eventually. And I think the Chargers are going to finally go out there and win. Monday Night Football. I mean, Monday Night Football is is, is Bucks Giants. I mean, I'm not even going to be watching that fucking game. The Bulls and the Pacers play on Monday. I will not be watching that whatsoever. But Buccaneers are going to beat the crap out of them. It's in Tampa Bay. No reason to watch that game. Uh, those are my week 11 picks. And we'll see how I do on those in a couple weeks, man. Now as we wrap this up, get us our Goofy Mog of the week. We're going to induct somebody in the Goofy Mog Hall of Fame. Now, for anybody who's a fan of the Barber's Chat Network and listen to our shows and podcasts, you know we've only got two members in the Goofy Mog Hall of Fame. One of those being our former president, Donald Trump. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't really quite remember who number two was, but <laughs> we got to probably ask my brother or somebody else. Well, we have two members in the Goofy Mog Hall of Fame, and we're going to induct another one. This one pains me a lot to induct this guy, but I got to put Scotty Pippen out there, bro. Sky Pippen's officially dead to me. I don't want to hear nothing about Sky Pippen. I think we should take his jersey down. I think we should put DeMar DeRozan's jersey up there. I think it's a wrap. Um, and I think the worst thing for Scotty is that Mike's not responding. Like, you haven't heard nothing from Jordan. He don't give a shit. He's courtside the Hornets game. You know, let's keel in his cup. And yeah, he yelling at the referees. You know what I'm saying? Mike is out here living his best life. He don't give a damn. I mean, you know, now Scotty, Scotty went from saying shit that just sound like hater shit to just being straight up delusional. Like, he said he wants to be remembered as the greatest of all time. Well, nigga, I'm sorry. I have eyes, so I will not be remembering you like that. And then he said, you know, it's just, it's just, it's ridiculous. Like, it's like he's trying to get attention and it's not working. And it's like he feels like the last dance portrayed a false image of him. And he's just looking silly. He said, I don't see enough back game. I see flu games all the time. Show me a flu game when motherfuckers drop 38 7 in like eight, bro. And I'm not saying playing on a hurt back is, uh, easy it's probably fucking terrible i mean I, i've had back spasms i'm not even an athlete i i'm there's nothing remotely athletic about me and it hurts for me so i, I can only imagine the pain that was going through his back in game six of the nba finals and i actually thought that was one of the things that the documentary did good about scotty they, they highlighted how tough he was you know winning that you know going out there and playing but Man, you had eight points. Cut the fucking shit, dog. You can't shit on a, on, a, on a flu game where the boy dropped almost 40 and you gave eight. And especially in that game where Mike had 45. Mike had 45, bro. And it's like, like Mike goes on TV and tries to undermine Scotty. He's never said. You can't show me one quote that he's ever said publicly demeaning Scottie Pippen. If you're mad about your contract, take that up with Scott. With, 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 I mean, with Jerry Reinsdorf. By the way, somebody who told you not to sign that damn contract. And it's just like, stop. And it's just the point where it's like, Bulls fans not even respect you. And I've been to two Bulls games in the last three weeks, bro. And I usually, when I go to games, I usually the top two jerseys I always see are Mike and Scotty. I don't see Scotty as much anymore. Like, I see a lot more Zach Levine than I do see, than I see Scotty Pippen right now. And, it's unfortunate, and this will be the last thing that I say about Scotty. I am done. I'm not talking about this shit anymore. I'm not talking about that dumbass book. 
that that bourbon he makes must be really fucking good because he's been talking crazy. So that's that that's the only thing I'm that, I might have to check that bourbon out if you're talking that fucking wild. But Sky Pippins, time to put your jersey in the Goofy Mog rafters, and uh, I'm washing my hands of the situation, bro. I am done with Scotty Pippen. I feel like Ross on Autos Become Rivals. I found out your watch is fake, bro. I really thought you rented them cars, bro. Really thought you owned them cars, bro. I, I, I'm sorry. But anyway, get them out of here, man. This has been, I'm not going to hold you, episode 17. Like I said, we will not be airing next week. Uh, it's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Uh, hope y'all enjoy y'all family. I will. Uh, I will, unfortunately, be in Detroit, Michigan <laughs> next week uh, to cover the Bears game on Thanksgiving. Uh, and, you know, of course, you know, it'd be cool to be around family. We weren't able to do that last year because we were on lockdown. So, hope y'all enjoy y'all holiday. Hope y'all enjoy a good week of sports. And we're going to holler at y'all in two weeks, man. We're back. I'm not going to hold you. We out. Triple, double hat trick. I know the